I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast, Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. No, I'm not doing that. Not doing that. No, not doing that. <laughs> I might just leave that in. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Writers House on Ringer FC. I hope you're all safe and well. We're recording this ahead of Tuesday's Champions League game, so the Stadio boys will cover those on Thursday. Today, we're going to talk about Crystal Palace's win over Arsenal and give two England internationals flowers on their return from injury. And my guest is Mr. Ryan Hunt, man. Hey man, what's up, Ryan? What's happening, man? I got the, <laughs> I got, I got, I got the call after the Monday night result. <laughs> Just right. Oh gosh, you know something? It's really sweet because people say, "Yeah, what? How'd you feel?" And then you get some Palace fans saying, "Ah ha ha!" And they're like, "Like, what are you laughing at?" Um, Palace, <laughs> Palace were brilliant. Oh like, my God. what did they expect? I, I try to say to people when Palace and Arsenal play, it's a win-win. Yeah. It's a win-win. Um, whoever loses, I'm devastated for them. Whoever wins, I'm happy for them. Is it like, you know, is it, Palace, it's like having two kids in the same race? Exa- exactly. You know what I mean? You know? It's one of those. Exactly. <laughs> it's what what it is. Is. just like, oh, well. Exactly what it is. You know, I'm just glad that both of you got to the finals. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, but right. You know what it is? You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. A better analogy is, um, you, 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 which one of them is your favourite child? Oh, God. No, no, no. 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 Yeah, although we, we, we always child. have this though in in, my, in our family because there's quite a few of us siblings. I'm the eldest, right? Mm, mm. Instead of everyone being like, oh no, you know, it's not the favourite child or anything. Every, all of us always say, our youngest sister. <laughs> and it's just this unanimous agreement. Yes. But, uh, yeah, man. I saw you last week. It's good to see. It's really weird. You, you know, it's always weird when I see your legs, just when your legs are yeah. moving. 
we just don't. <laughs> when I see you, it's really strange because when me and Nance, we always when we see you and you walk, we always just like look at him, look, look at his. He's not just this little head on a computer screen. <laughs> it's really cool, right? It's you know what? It's always fit because you're because when you come in, it's, you're in and then blah, 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 bam, you're out. But we had a great audit, honestly, hey, bro. Can we just say the people that came down um, to to Box Park, right? Yeah, should we explain? Because like, if, yeah, if people yeah. missed it, so people, basically, long story mm. short, on Tuesday last week, we had a bit of a pop-up thing yeah. outside Shoreditch Box Park in London. And we had the flowers. There was the a flower little, right, stall. You had your own little flower stall. Of, yeah. You were giving out flowers to everyone. Mm-hmm. And there was like a football table know, there and some other stuff. You know what was really and, cool, right, is that people, because there was people that obviously knew about it, came down and, you know, thank you for coming down. It was nice. I had some great chats. Everybody's so complimentary about right he's asked about stadio about the vibe about everything what they love about it make sure you get it. and it's always nice to hear it but what was really nice is just um people who were just passing and then <laughs> <laughs> start their way to work people just passing. Got off at the overground <laughs> yeah. station at shoreditch high street and just like uh what what's going on is it and then you know you could see people walking past and they're looking and they got Yo, man, and I said, yes, man. I did. Yo, and I said, yeah, man. I got, and then I gave them flowers and they said, I love flowers. I said, give it to someone, man. That's, what's really nice, Ryan, is, you know, explaining because people said flowers, because obviously some people who came, they didn't know what it was about. They didn't know right his house was about. So he explained it to them. said, yes, I'm going to listen. And I said, you know what it is? It's, it's giving flowers. I said, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. Do you know what was really funny about it was so, because obviously most everyone's there to see to see you, right? So I kind of got my coffee, stood outside, hung back a little bit. And I was just stood there as people were walking past <laughs> coming off the train and just listening to the reactions. It was so funny. It was it's, so, so funny. Just people being like, is that, is that Ian Wright? But then there were a couple of people who had no idea. So there was, there was a guy, <laughs> there was a guy who was with a woman and they were walking, they were walking past and, and she said, oh, what's going on here? And I heard him say, oh, I don't know. I think he's maybe like a footballer or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's really and off they went. And off they went. And to be honest, it's like that. Because what happens is when you stop playing football, because you're immersed in football, like so 85 till 2000, and you're immersed, everything every day is football. People you're in and around is football. You're walking around the street, people talk about football. When you stop playing football and you just go into the world and just, People don't know you. Mm. People don't know you. So it's, you know, it, it was quite an eye opener to think that um, all of a sudden, you know, people, you, you'll be, people say, say Who, who's that? You know what I mean? You'd kind of have a kind of, let me see, there's not an arrogance because it's not something that I courted. But like some p- people, once they realized, yeah, I used to play football, they say, Sorry, I, who are you? I don't, I say, Well, I, I, yeah, I used, I used to play football. For, and who did you play for? And you say, Arsenal and that. And then someone, is, someone else will say, And England, he's this and that. And then what happens is, is they that do I've, the work for you. Yeah, they do the work for you. But what <laughs> happens is you can go in somewhere, people don't know who you are. You can speak to some nice people, same age, that kind of vibe. We don't know you. But then other people come over to you. And back, back then, we're talking about early 2000s and stuff. They'd want an autograph. So you sign the autograph. So then the people who you were speaking to normally having a normal conversation about just stuff and that, they change. They no look because mm. then they start apologizing for not recognizing you, which I always, oh, which I always find really quite, it's, it's, it's very endearing. And at the same time, you don't need to apologize for not knowing me. I'm just a person who's just having a chat with you, but it's not obviously 
I've done some stuff in my past, so people recognize me. But we can, we can still, I don't leave. We can still have the chat. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can still just, have the I'm chat. I'm just like you. I'm, you know, I'm just like you. The refreshing part of being able to just, to give you some normality, because it's not normal having to take a picture or do something every single day. It's not normal. So mm. when you get people who treat you normally, you notice, you, you notice, um, and it's nice. It's always refreshing. We've got a couple of people who've done that at Box Park. And I, I loved that. I loved giving out flowers. And the thing is with me, giving out flowers, I give my missus flowers all the time. She loves wild flowers. So, you know, I like it. I like the feeling it does. My mother-in-law loves flowers, you know, and giving flowers is a beautiful thing. You, you should give flowers when you can, not so it's just a shock to somebody say, mm, what's happened here? Which is always not nice when people say, oh, What's happened here? Why is he giving flowers? Something's gone wrong. No, give flowers because it's a beautiful thing. Look after them for a while because I got morbid with my missus the other day because like my mother-in-law bought a lovely plant for my wife and she was saying about watering it. I said, really? I said, you know what I mean? God, you know what I mean? It's my responsibility now. You know what I mean? I try to water plants and do this stuff so as they, because the flowers die in the end. Right. I don't want to go, I, I, I don't I want to go down that like, end. Through, down. So through, the, through the first lockdown, I started naming my plants. <laughs> Big mistake. Big mistake. Because I automatically got way more attached. Yeah, you do. There is a sadness to it, right? Because obviously I've had a bereavement in the family in the last, last couple of weeks. And so, you know, flowers and stuff. And you just, you're in that grieving process. And, you know, just watching the flowers, just watching the flowers just like, wither and die you know it kind of you know it kind of makes you think about things and some of the times i don't want flowers around because i don't want to see them die it's like the other day a, a bee it's, it looks at me just digressing here. a bee got caught in between the bits of window you know when the window's open mm. and it's yeah, one yeah. of them bees that make that really loud buzzy noise and the big bees the big bees bro and because i'm in the, the vibe i'm in you know what i mean as much as this this could sting me but I, I could see it was, it was dying, Ryan, because mm -hmm. like, you know, it was there for a while because it's buzzing. It's there for a while and I'm trying to save it. I couldn't kind of get it out and it was tired. It was trying to, then you see it landed and it was, and then I kind of got it out and it zoomed away and I was, I was ecstatic. I'm thinking to myself and now I'm going, I'm fucking going in now, bro, because I'm thinking that bee would have died if it wasn't for me. And if I was a bee, I would like to hope that someone, instead of killing me because of the noise and the fact that I'm there and I'm annoying them and you've got the power to do it, set me free, man. You know, set me free. And I felt good all day oh, man. that I'd done that. Because it's life, isn't it? It's, it's a life. It's like the plants. The plants, while they're living, they're, they're living and then they die. It's obviously, it's like everything. So what's happening is, is that I'm going through this kind of time now, right, where I'm thinking about how important life is mm. that's where i am right now and that's that's and how fortunate we are and how lucky we are and even even luckier to be somebody that's in um a world that i absolutely adore doing things i absolutely adore and i give thanks for that i give thanks for it because i'm feeling a lot more um aware of everything of, mm. of, of everything at the minute right i just feel like that in the moment This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide 
when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. As we talk about, we need to, we're recording this on a Tuesday morning, by the yeah. way, after the, uh, the, after the Crystal Palace after Arsenal the f- game. Ryan, the thing about it is, is that with Palace, right, from the start of the season, from Patrick's, mm. t- from Patrick's time, they have improved every single game. And Patrick not panicking and with his winning attitude, knowing exactly what it's going to take. When you watch Palace in games, they were doing what they're doing last night to teams, but they weren't as ruthless in the chances. Um, and teams were, we saw with, with Palace was scoring at the death, whether they were winning or whether they were, you know what I mean? What, what, whatever was happening, you know, if they were drawing, then they'd lose the game at the death. And so it was up to Patrick to make sure that you kept them understanding and believing that what they're doing is working. And it's very difficult when you're playing in a team where you can see it work. You get so frustrated when you concede right at the death. And they've done that a few times in the season. So it can, it can really erode your confidence. Mm. So when, when you looked how they played last night, they, even the way they walked out, even the way Wilfred Zaha was playing against Cedric. You know when, when you've got... <laughs> I'll tell you what it was like. It was like when I was younger and my older brother, um, me trying to tackle my, young, my older brother, that's how Wilfred was playing against Suarez yesterday. Dude, I, t- I texted Musa during the game being like, <laughs> Arsenal have this unbelievable ability to make Wolf Zaha look like Ronaldinho. <laughs> I don't know. I think with him, we talked about him before, how like he needs to play angry. He needs to smoke, yeah, right? Yeah. And if you, I think too many players fall into a trap with Wolf Zaha that gives him what he needs in order to torment to them. Get them. To get them, yeah. You know? And for example, I don't think, and, and this isn't this isn't necessarily a diss on Cedric, but I don't think Tomiyasu gives him that. No, he wouldn't have got to him, would he? he wouldn't have. No, he, not at all. And the thing is with Cedric, what you saw with Cedric is that he was getting into a, and especially Wilf in front of those fans, you know, in that kind of like he was posturing. He looked mm. like he's posturing, and Cedric was well, the, falling yeah, off was of him one, and all that. Yeah, was it in the first half where he went down the left hand side and Cedric got a tackle in on him, and Wilf just kind of stood there beaming. Mm. Laugh, like, and he's looking at the crowd like, yeah. what we've got to say with Wilfred Zaha is that, remember, before we knew what was happening with David Moyes and Man United, Alex Ferguson bought him in the same vibe as when he bought um, Cristiano Ronaldo. And when you're talking yeah. about, um, from, <clears throat> from the outset, when you saw Cristiano Ronaldo the first time, and when you saw Wilfred Zaha and what they're capable of doing, once you hone it and you, you cut off the edges, and we've seen what Ronaldo became, I think... Um, and I couldn't pay him any higher, co- any higher a compliment. I think Alex Ferguson saw the same trajectory for him just off of raw talent and raw ability. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, it's not got there because we still talk about him as um, on his day. And any time mm-hmm. you mention on his day, when proceeding, talking about a player who's unbelievably gifted, it's not a good thing. So you saw him last night and that was one of his days where, he, he just, Patrick's given him something where I could see him. His chest looks up. He looks a lot more confident. He's working very, very hard for the team. They're all working together defensively and they're all working together going forward. And that, in the because he's in the bosom of the team and he's helping the team, the team are helping him. At home, he's turned into, he is Goliath there. 
you know, I think with Wolf Zaha is the thing is that he thrives under a manager that has authority mm, at the, fo- at the maybe, football club yeah. he's at. So for example... And he needs to respect them as well. I, yeah, 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 mm. for sure. Like he needs to know, he thrives under managers who would be, who the club would listen to more than they would listen to Wilfred Zaha Absolutely. in a situation. Yeah. So for example, if he'd gone to Manchester United and Alex Ferguson had stayed, he was the ultimate authority figure at the football club. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I think he would have guided him through quite nicely. David Moyes was in at the deep end straight mm-hmm. away and on the back foot straight away yeah. and kind of never really got a chance to settle at Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think he really returned to some good form under Roy Hodgson at Palace. Yeah. You know, Roy Hodgson left Crystal Palace on his own terms. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. What Palace have got now with, with Patrick is a manager who... like. For, <sighs> Just to, to back up quickly before I go on Patrick, like for example, do you remember when Lucien Favre was rumoured to be taking yes, the job? Yes, And I, I watched Lucien Favre a lot at Dortmund and I think he was probably a little bit disrespected because of just so much of the discourse around Dortmund is to fuel the kind of, the bottling and they're always chasing Bayern and mm. all of this kind of mentality. He did some really good things at Dortmund and a lot of young players thrived under him. However, I don't think Lucien Favre commands the authority that Patrick Vieira does purely because of what Patrick Vieira has done in the Premier League. Yeah. Like you've got a Premier League Hall of Famer as your as your manager. Yes. That is big. Massive. And especially for a lot of that generation of players who like grew up in and around London. That generation now is uh, is like Wilf's generation. Yeah. yeah. Who grew up watching Patrick Vieira and grew up idolizing those kind of players. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to Lucien Favre, but I imagine Wolf Zaha probably wouldn't give Lucien Favre as much respect as he does Patrick Vieira, purely for the case of who it is. Mm -hmm. And I think Patrick has cottoned on to this, probably more so than he has done at any other club, because when he was in France, I think that just being a French player and managing in Liga, or being a former French player, sorry, and managing in Liga, it just gives you a little bit of a different relationship with the media Mm. and the, the sport as a whole in that country, I think coming to a prem, to the Premier League where you were so highly regarded and so dominant as a player, everything you do has a little bit more gravitas to yes, it. Yes, maybe. Stevie Gerrard kind of had that. He can have Stevie, Stevie Gerrard's Gerrard, a prime example. Yeah, he's got, he's not, yeah. Stevie Gerrard, but I think that the way they played yesterday, again, you know, they have to get a lot of credit because Patrick has stuck to what he's believed in from the start because mm. they're doing it. And now what they're doing is they're clinical, Mateta. Because remember with, with Palace, they, no Eze, no Elise. That, so that means Palace have got another level. Me and Roscoe were talking yeah. about, they've got another level. They didn't even get on the pitch them two last night. And you look at the amount of chances that Palace used to miss. You look at their goal scorers, Benteke, um, Ayu. You know, if it wasn't Wilf scoring, they're struggling. And... Mm. They don't take chances and they weren't taking chances. They're a lot more ruthless now. Elise can score. When Eze gets going, he could probably score. Wilfred will score. Ayu scored last night and Mateta is scoring. So if they can play like that and then take the chance, they're going to be a tough proposition, not only at home, but away from home as well. They're going to be tough because they know that quite solid at the back now in Gahey and Anderson, who I still feel that Anderson can be got at without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, of course he can be got at. Um, same with Klein, def- defensively very good. Going forward, you know, he might struggle to get the ball in that, but like defensively very good. But you'd like to think that Palace are not a million miles away from easily challenging for top six. No problem. No problem at all. If you look at the games they've lost in the league this season, right? Chelsea, mm-hmm. 
Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Villa at home. Mm. Leeds away. Manchester United away. Spurs away. And since they lost to West Ham at home on January 1st, they've only lost to Liverpool and Chelsea. See? So maybe bar, you could say Villa, you could say Leeds, but mm. I think I think those two... Those, those two, the others, the others you say that yeah, they're not games that people expected them the, to... There are no howlers. Mm-mm. This is how good Palace have been this season, mm. is that you look at the Norwich away, the, the, the Brentford draw and the Burnley draw as really disappointing results. Yeah. In, in How many times in the last, well, since they came back into the Premier League, would you look at those and think, mm, that's a bit of a bad result well, for Palace, mm, actually? But that's what Wilf said yesterday in his interview when he said, what Patrick's got them doing is that they're not looking down the league. They're looking no, up. Looking up. Which is a totally different way of approaching things. It's a totally different way of when you're going to training, a training and how you're training. I can imagine the Palace training, first team training, um, like when they go in probably tomorrow, they're probably in today for a warm down. It will be buzzing. They have beaten Arsenal at a canter, beaten them 3-0 at a canter. And they've still, like I said, they've still got Eze and Elise to come in. They've still got levels and they've got Chelsea in the semi-final. Can you imagine Chelsea just getting hammered by Brentford, seeing Palace deal with Arsenal like that? Now I'm not saying Arsenal are like, Unbelievable, but Arsenal were in good form going into this. You know, yeah. they were very stoic. They were they were playing good stuff. They're scoring goals on the break. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're nicking games how they were. You know, what I mean? they're they're putting it together. And let's face it, they kind of swatted them yesterday. Palace swatted them. So going into the semi final, I'm going to send Stevie Parrish, the chairman. I'm going to send him a message, just you know, letting him know because I always I, we, we're always in contact. Just saying mm. that was unbelievable last night. And you know something, I'm praying that they can they can put that together. And I believe they can. I think they can put that together against Chelsea. Without a shadow of a doubt, they can put that together against Chelsea because if Brentford can have a go at them and beat them like they did, if you can get, um, whether it's Elise, Eze, Zaha, um, Conor Gallagher, Mateta, if they play like they did, they'll beat Chelsea. They'll beat Chelsea because Chelsea will watch they can absolutely beat Chelsea. Chelsea will watch that last night and see like, yes, okay, it's Palace, it's Sellers Park on a Monday night. And no one wants that smoke. It's Wembley. Chelsea are obviously used to being at Wembley. They've played there so many times, but there's no way they're not fucking petrified of what Palace might be able to do them under this Patrick Vieira team. This Patrick Vieira team, you can't be not afraid of that. Well, yeah, because I think that was, that was really interesting. You said they're not afraid of it because I think one of the things that this Palace side doesn't show is really, it doesn't really respect or fear anyone. Mm-mm. It's, or maybe yeah. they respect this different because I think they probably respect by up there, up in their level, but they don't like they fear anyone. No. But you think like they're ninth in the Premier League. Mm. They're ninth in the Premier League and they've got a game in hand on Wolves above them, who admittedly are twelve points ahead, but still ninth. Mm. And now I know that the league has got a little bit of leveling out to do, but they're above Villa. They're about above Southampton, who had that mega run. They're they're <laughs> they're three points clear of Brighton. Mm who admittedly are on a bit of a tricky run of form, but still, like, ninth in the Premier League. Wolves, Man United, West Ham, Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City are the only teams above Palace in the league. Like, that is, for his first season here, and let's be a little bit harsh on Palace. Not harsh, I think just, let's get real. He didn't really have the most unbelievable managerial career before Palace. There were a lot of questions about him. At, at New York City FC mm. especially when he went to Nice mm-hmm. there weren't it wasn't like oh my god 
It, 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 he, Patrick yeah. Vieira didn't come into the Premier League with the reputation yeah. of like Stevie Gerrard did. No. You know? no, no, but I think that those years were the years when... You're kind of figuring it out. Yeah, right? because it's like when Superman, when Superman's trying to find his powers, man. He's, he's, <laughs> you know, he's trying, I thought that he would have been kept in the Arsenal-like bosom under Wenger. You know what I mean? You know, obviously Wenger kept um, the Boldy in and around him and stuff like that and all that. But he didn't keep him around. And I think that Patrick was... I think he might have been upset with that mm. because not only was he upset, but he went to, obviously he went to play for City. I'm thinking after he's finished, he's probably going to, well, I'm, you know, if Arsenal want me to, you know, I'm, I'm going to go. They didn't. So they didn't mm. approach him. So he's went, well, well, fuck it. I'll go to City. City gave him, brought him in, brought him into the bosom, take, let him go like, okay, do the under 18s. He's done that. Okay, go and do New York for us. Then he's done that. So he's done all his stuff with them. Then he went back to France and What's happened with Patrick is, is that he's got himself into a position now where he knows how he wants to play, what he wants to do, how he wants to set up. He's very fucking calm. Mm. He's so, he's very, very calm. And you cannot look at the way Patrick's, like the way he's, he's, he's working that and cajoling and, 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 and like molding that team that, you know, if anything happened with Pep and he's continually doing what he's doing now at Palace and, he's going to be in the running for that Man City job at some stage without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's something that Arsenal have kind of not really been amazing Not been good at, at. at all. Yeah, but mm. I think I think that might change. I think obviously we've, you know, <laughs> Arsenal are into a, a, a new, you know, the, the first year or two of a, of a new kind of team of people mm. at executive level at the club who are younger and a little bit more proactive and I think uh, I think ah uh, you know maybe we can transition onto Arsenal because I think that like mm. we, we can leave the goals and the specifics and stuff because I think people people watch and maybe we'll cover them in, in the Arsenal bit but I think mm. this is from an Arsenal point of view mm. there has there has been a lot of amazing work been done oh, off the, the field yes and them, yeah. over the last season or two and I think one of the things that I the takeaway from this for me after the game was well that was just a bit shit yeah and Arsenal didn't look on it from the first minute. However, as an Arsenal fan, I don't feel as worried specifically about results like this as much as I used to because just the whole communication is different afterwards. Mm. Like Arteta was very matter of fact. Yeah, He broke it down really well, just said, we weren't on it. We were yeah. poor. This was unacceptable. Mm -hmm. He didn't. He didn't dig anyone out. No. He didn't. Be, he didn't put anything on the players. It was all. Everything seems to be the collective, right? So I think he, whether uh, it's explicit or not, he includes himself in that. And he just said we didn't. We didn't earn the right to play the way we no. want to play. No. And I think that was really interesting. But sometimes these results can happen. We saw it with Arsenal against Everton in the league, which I think this is by far Arsenal's worst performance in the league since that game. It's yeah. the worst Arsenal performance since the Forest game. However, I feel a little bit more confident that it's just a bump as opposed you hope. to a slump. You hope, yeah, right. Uh, the, the the only issue I think for Arsenal is that is the issue, is the injuries because Kieran Tierney came back from yeah, international yeah. Duty, yeah. duty with a really bad knee injury that yeah. looks like it's going to need surgery. Uh, probably he's not he's in for the season. I would, you probably, know. which is I think is. I I was really surprised about the the noises around people questioning Kieran Tierney's position early on in the season. I just think that what he gives, yeah is so much more than just his footballing ability. I think we've mentioned this a few times on Stadio and Wright's House, but the, 
the position isn't just the individual, it's the relationship yes. that, that individual yeah. builds with other individuals yeah. around. And when and you take Kieran yeah. out of the starting you're 11, taking a lot you lose of, more yeah. than just yeah. Kieran You know, and I think that as well, right? you looked um, like last night for some reason, um, I knew what, I know what Palace is coming. And mm. so I just felt that the way those players started, and you have to, Tavares, Gabriel, um, Suarez is always going to have problems. It's always going to be um, very tough for Saka and Emma Smith-Roll. And, and, and they had a contingency plan for Partey in Conor Gallagher. He, mm. re- he, he got himself in and around him. And what they found out, and what teams have obviously found out, is you stop Partey's moves. Partey's like transition to transitioning of the ball and progression of the ball to Erdogan, you're probably going to stop us from doing mm. a lot of work. Now, what I saw when Everton played against Palace in the cup was an Everton side that came out that, you know, and they, they really put Palace under the cosh, pressurized them right from the back and stopped everything going through to those guys. Until, like we mentioned on here, um, Andros Townsend got injured. They got that four or five minutes to recompose themselves mm. to, and then they got going. I think Arsenal should have at least have started the game with more intensity in trying to put them on the back foot a little bit. Mm. That's, what, that's what I was a little bit surprised with. But too many shaky, too many shaky players. I thought Tavares was very shaky. I thought Gabriel yeah. was very shaky in the way that he was, um, in the way that he was <laughs> con- even controlling no. and passing and just everything was awkward. He just looked awkward. And even to, to a certain extent, when they was passing back to Ramsdale, the crowd were right on him. It kind of gave Palace the impetus to say, you know what? They're not, they're not on it yet. They're not on it. They're not on it. They haven't started like we maybe expected them to start mm. really in our face and, and putting us under pressure. And they just, they grew into that game. And that is what this young team have to learn. It's like, you can't compare them to City because obviously City going there and getting a, a point. People say, oh my God, City did a win. They got City will have got on that coach, Ryan, and said, that's a fucking good point at Palace. Well, I think that's a, that's a sign of like, you know, it's like when Arsenal lost at Brentford on the first day of the season and everyone was just like, what? And yeah. the lols came out. But yeah. then you saw that how hard they pushed mm. Chelsea, Liverpool and Man City mm. throughout those opening stages of the season. And actually, <laughs> I think I've said it numerous yeah. times. I was like, that losing 2-0 to Brentford on the opening day of the season, that wasn't look, a hugely bad result now, now in the look, context. Chelsea fans were Chelsea fans were kit cooking me. Oh, when that we meme, got the that first meme. Even that, that. even the New York fucking Knicks used your meme. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's how, and how they just traveled. got and look what Brentford done to them. Look what Brentford exactly. done to them at their at Stamford Bridge. So yeah. back to, with little, Arsenal. Little, little little plug for Monday Ex- Stadio. If you want to hear right. a lot about Brentford, we talked about Brentford. Actually, when you were saying about Gabriel, like that's mm. totally that. that opening moment of shaky Gabriel you're a dad right mm. I saw Gabriel and I was just like I just got a newborn he's got a, <laughs> it's true, it's true. that man is not but sleeping yeah. a lot <laughs> no but it's, if, if it's a newborn if, if it's a newborn Ryan that baby is not started it's, it's stuff yet that baby is that baby is sleeping I'll tell you what's happening he's probably just staying up looking at it all night because this is this is the time where you just go in and you just look and you say, "Look at my little baby! Look at my baby!" You're, you're just you know that's not the time. Give him another, just give him another seven, eight months. 
Mm. And then we'll start seeing Gabrielle's fall. Yeah, what day, yeah, that's, yeah so Gabrielle's baby's going to start teething around September. September, so let's watch out so for if, September. if his form drops off a cliff, that's what we know it's going to be. But like, he looks shaky. He did look shaky and uncharacteristically so. He's mm. usually quite dominant. But also with Thomas Partey as well, Carl made a really good point in the group that he's observing his first Ramadan. Of course, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's the first time that Thomas Partey's experienced playing football while fasting. That's worth bearing in mind. Did he get injured? Was he injured? Did he, got, he come he off did, injured? He did, he did get injured during mm. the game and came off. Yeah, he came off for Sambi, the Congo. But in, I think he, he looked a little bit off the pace a little bit. But I think, I mean, he if you're if you're experienced playing while fasting at this stage in your career and you haven't really grown up doing that, mm. I think that can be... I've played with players who, yeah. who have been fasting and had had conversations with them about it. And it is extreme. It's an extreme... I think if you've never observed and you've never done any kind of sport while fasting, I think it can be really, really almost like unthinkable to mm. understand how much that can take out of you. So I think it's worth bearing in mind. You have to, you have to. And the, the thing is, it's only when I realise, because there's people before saying, oh, they're fasting, oh God, get on with it. The fact is, is that it's when Wenger got there and we started to eat the right foods for energy. And you you know, you need certain food, you need food mm. for energy anyway. Yeah. To play, at, to play at the level that they're playing at and, and fasting and not having the kind of energy in you and the kind of fuel in you that you can deal with a, a, a football game of that elite level, mm. that's gonna, that you're going to perform badly. You can't perform like that. You can't, you know what I mean? It's, mm. it's just, it's, it's almost, it's almost impossible. I'm just hoping that the, the injury isn't bad, but at the same time, yeah, at the same time, Palace and the way Conor Gallagher just just tracked him. You see Conor Gallagher go there, then he turn around, he see where he is, and he got he just they they just done their homework on us. And what we need to do, and what we didn't do, is say right, okay, you're up for it. We're fucking up for it as well. Yes, we'll pass it quick. We'll pass it quicker. We'll get the ball into people. We'll get fouls. We'll get up the pitch a bit. We'll let's if this is how you want it, this is how we're gonna have it with you. Instead, we kind of like got we're passing it back, passing it back into areas where mm. they can then get the impetus of pressing him, pressing him, then it goes back to him, back to him, back to him, back to the goalkeeper, then they, wait, goalkeeper kicks it, then they put pressure on the guy that's going to, then they win it back. You're giving them impetus, you're giving them confidence. And what you've got yep. to do in those, in those times, like I say, I keep going back to the Everton game, is get in their face at that moment and hope that you can take the half chance and that puts them on the back foot. If you don't do that against the Palace, um, Especially They'll that kind you, of practice. They yeah. will hurt you because if they take yeah. the chance, like, because even the first goal, it was such, it was such an easy and, goal. Yeah, and I, yeah but I've been good at, I've also been really good at defending set yeah. pieces this season. So and that's why that was a bit of a shame. Is, it, was think, all, it was yeah. all set up pretty well. And, yeah. you know, what you saw is that, yes, Gabriel, had, he did have a good sight of it. And this is, it's very difficult for me because you can only compare them to what I would see like a Boldy, mm. like a Tony Adams, like a, a Martin Keown. If they've got the full flight of that, nothing is stopping them from attacking it. Nothing. Mm. Right. Mm. And so when you look at the way he was backing off and it just made me, you've got to get yourself in a position because you can see it all the way in where you attack that ball. In the end, yeah. he, you know, he, he didn't attack it. It came off of him. To be honest, it was quite fortunate at Anderson. It kind of hit him on the head and went to Mateta because I thought that was really cool what they did. He done. got credited the assist for it. I was just like, come on, man. Ridiculous. You know what I mean? But like, it was a brilliant um, picture. I saw it on Twitter again this morning where as the ball kind of came off of Anderson <laughs> it was going towards Mateta, his face lit up like it was Christmas. <laughs> it was such a beautiful thing. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I had to laugh when I saw that. But, once they got that, 
I thought, I'm not sure we're going to get back into this. And, no, and, we, and did, I, we did create a couple of chances, but we're not taking half chances at the no, moment. Even no. the one, I mean, Emma Smith-Rowe got one blocked on the line, Gahey. I thought um, Erdegaard's one was a really good yeah, one for such a technical yeah. player and Lacazette's yeah. chance. So even playing that badly, even playing that badly, we still got the kind of chances that if we could take half chances, we might have done something. But that is not what's going to get us to stay in top four. We cannot put in performances like that. We have to be, we have to, we have yeah. to compete more, and we have to be ruthless when we get our chances. Because it's just a psychological thing as well. Yeah, from a couple of members of the Writers' House Paris list, who will remain unnamed, mm-hmm. I've been accused a couple of times this season of uh, being a little bit too forgiving of Arsenal's flaws, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> accepting potential mediocrity <laughs> which I refute no you have to however refute. however mm. I think it's because it is all big picture right like mm. in individual games obviously they matter and you know people want to analyze and and you can break stuff down from a tactical point of view really really specifically but we're still kind of stepping out of pandemic football mm. And the schedule has been quite intense and Arsenal have come through in, ex- you know, multiple phases under Arteta. I was on second captains before Christmas talking about mm. it, how there were like phases to Arteta's management. And it looks like we're almost at the end of maybe the penultimate phase before he can really go to push. Yes. yes. Like there was a lot of housekeeping that had to be done over the last few years. This game, it was just one of those from the jump where Arsenal just looked second to everything. Yeah, and yeah. I think the Wolf Zaha penalty was a prime example. He needs to be brought down 40 yards away from goal, mm-hmm. right? Which is cynical as fuck, but it's, it's not a penalty. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of an unpopular take, but Arsenal weren't that bad from about half an hour on, actually. If you actually took that hour mm. in isolation, Arsenal weren't bad, but the game was already done in the first half an hour. Going two goals down to Palace yeah. on a Monday night at Selhurst Park, and it's then you decide to, to yeah. potentially start playing a little bit, is not good enough. And the thing is, with that, like you mentioned, Arsenal actually could have come out of that, yeah, potentially with yeah, a but, point, right? If we come which out, is, which is very charitable, I yeah. know, and I know this is kind of like coulda, woulda, shoulda. What I'm trying to say is, in a dreadful performance. It wasn't quite as dreadful as, for example, we have seen over the last like fucking however yeah. many years. Yeah, we're still in progressive. We're still in a progressive place, and I'm more confident that mm. Arteta is able to get an immediate reaction. Or uh, providing everyone's fit, the injuries for me, I think, are the most concerning thing. Yeah. Party and Tierney. Yeah, and also just and Tommy. Tommy, we, uh, they Arsenal need Tommy Asu back quick mm, because yeah. it gives them the potential to then move Cedric to left back because. It's very difficult, I think, for a young player like Nuno Tavares to come into that squad now and to have to start playing a pivotal role when he's had yeah. a couple of really Ropey quite high-profile uh, hookings. Hookings, let's yeah. say. You know, he got done after half an hour at, at Forest, Forest, and yeah. he got taken off at halftime here. He needs to be. He mm. needs to be playing like Carabao Cup games or coming on for the last twenty minutes of certain games that are done to get used to it again because he exploded onto the scene and everyone was just like, oh, this guy, this guy can ball. Yeah, beautiful, chaotic. However, it doesn't really, that's fine maybe for a Saturday lunchtime kickoff at home against a lower third of the table side. But not, a, not, not against Palace, Palace uh, away. Away, sorry, on a Monday. Yes, and you know what? I, and there was a couple of times where defensively the line, the back line, he dropped in a couple of times too deep. Um, yeah, the second goal, right? Yeah, I think yeah. the second goal was him dropping in dropping a little in bit deeper, deep, and yeah. then and then Gabriel kind of missed, yeah, missed the, uh, missed the, ch- the interception. Yeah. And so yeah, there's things that he's working on. But again, you look at it, someone like Tavares, and you think to yourself, 
I, I just hope that he's getting that kind of coaching what he needs at the minute because mm. we could, we know that he's 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 fantastic. He's a fantastic. Yeah, he's got potential player. to be, and really, I think he also yeah. is one of those players who would really suit a back. Play, playing as back the wing back yeah. with a back three, yeah, definitely because he's um, very atta- he, he can be attacking. We couldn't get out. We couldn't. We couldn't right. get out yesterday because we just have to. We just have to take it on the chin that we didn't try to to duke it out with him. When I think that you have to have a go, you have to have a go. We didn't duke it out, and like you mentioned, right after half an hour, you know, we played a bit because they felt comfortable in the fact that yeah, we're okay. Lacquer, mm. lacquer again, you know, it was a, a case of it that's, just, yeah. you know, we're I think gonna, that's that's a that's a pressing issue for us. Yeah, actually, I think is, we're going to have striker position. Yeah, we're going to have to start. I, I, I think they've probably already got somebody in mind. Um, I think it's the next part of our development. If we're going to be totally honest, simply we need we need a, we need a striker who's going to who's going to help because if we are going to play in games like that, and even though we could have scored a couple, even if we got anything out of that game, let's say that game drew 2-2 because we, like we did at home, I don't want to paper over cracks. I want us to, I want them to be able to go back now to the training ground when they're all in tomorrow. If they watch the video, whatever happens, they said, yeah, well, this is what we have to do. We can't think, yeah, we got out of that. Well done, yeah. We didn't play well, but we kind of got out of it because you just, you go into the next game you need to go into the next game knowing how you deal with a palace. Not like, oh yeah, well, if it doesn't, if we start shit, we take a couple of chances and, we, we, and, and, and we're back in it. No, we need to know no. how to go to a team like Palace, unsettle them. A bit of smash and grab. Yes, yes, but smash and grab where you're, you're able to then analyse it and say, well, this is, what, this is what Arsenal normally do, but they couldn't do it through Partey. Everybody dropped back a bit and they got compact, they passed quicker, got out, bam, scored their half chance and they defended well. We don't do that. We didn't do that. And once we can get to that place, Ryan, then we'll be able to go to Sellers Park and, uh, and, and be able to like frustrate them and take that half chance, hopefully with a striker that can take that chance and play compact. But um, until that time, we we are a, a, pro, a we're a work in progress with young team. Yeah, and yeah, th- we're a young yeah, team. I, I agree. I th- you know I what I mean? I think I think a lot of people. I can already preempt a lot of people being like, mm, "What the hell? This is rubbish. You're shit. You're going too yeah. soft on Arsenal." But I think this this is a combination of an extremely talented, extremely well-coached Crystal Palace side mm. and off-the-pace Arsenal side with yeah. a couple of key injuries in positions after an international break on a Monday night at Selhurst Park, a defeat to Palace at Palace mm. on a Monday night at Selhurst Park. No Selhurst shame. Park no shame. Isn't, a, isn't a poor result. It's the, I think it's the scoreline that people will be like, mm. we got hammered. And actually, I think that it wasn't quite, it was still, it still really wasn't great at all. I don't think it was quite panic stations Mm -mm. because there's still a lot of football to play this season. Arsenal have got to play Chelsea and they've got to play Spurs. And those two could have a massive swing on that race for the top four. We don't know how they're going to go. I still don't think top four is out of the question for Arsenal whatsoever. However, if it is and Arsenal don't do it, We've got to remember that the priority was top six. Six. That's what I said. I said it at the start. And, and top I won't four change. is a bonus. You top know? four is a massive bonus. Overachieving if yeah. we could do that. Especially last night's game showed the kind of performance that you put in when you're not used to maybe trying to see off a season at this stage and being in the running for the top four. That's last night's performance showed a little bit of lack of experience in that department, which hopefully that game will show them what they do need to be doing. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to go like, 
gung-ho on, oh, fucking hell, man, that was terrible. We were going to miss out on top four. No, because we don't want to, we don't want to hide away from anything. We want to say, yeah. right, we can't do that. And we have to play like this to do that because top four is, it's not fucking easy. And like I say, I, no, I apologize no, so much now because when Arsene Wenger first said it, I was very disappointed, but that man was a visionary in what he was saying about top four, because look at it now. It literally is like a fucking trophy. Yeah, man, dude. Uh, Arsene Wenger was like the watcher in Marvel. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? He could, just knew it. He knew it before we knew it. Honestly. Um, and it's not uh, easy. Just, 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 just one more thing. When we're talking about Arsenal's need for, you know, just goals. Mm. I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to be that guy, right? You're but... going to be that guy. I can feel it. Look at the, your face, <laughs> the, the way you moved around in that chair. <laughs> I just, I just saw, I just saw. Is it a take? Is it a take? Un, there was an unnamed third club in for Kylian Mbappe. So I'm just. Uh... <laughs> you see, that's me just thinking you're going to say something like that, like something you was going to say something like Dominic Calvert Lewin or fucking Tammy Abraham, and you fucking called him if Kylian Listen, Mbappe. Sorry, sorry, right? How long have you known me? Oh my god! So <laughs> is there an unnamed? There's an unnamed. There's an unnamed third club. All I'm saying is, if it's unnamed, you're saying there's a chance? You're saying there's a chance? <laughs> if it's unnamed, if it's unnamed, it's Man City. I agree. If it's unnamed. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Right, because we was, obviously was at Box Park the other day giving out flowers and obviously it's a, mm-hmm. massive, it's a massive segment of our show. In fact, it is a beautiful thing in our show. You have to give them out. People love it. And there's two people who are getting flowers this week. Um... Two players I admire greatly and I'm delighted that they're back. Fingers crossed that long may it continue. And that is Calvin Phillips, Leeds, and Chloe Kelly, Man City. Two England internationals Two England returning internationals. from injury. Yes. I was on the Kelly and Wright show and I was talking about Calvin Phillips and people were talking about him leaving. I said, no, well, no, he's going to, no, he should stay for a while. Why not? Everybody's going to be sought. He's somebody that's going to be courted simply because mm. of the way he's played, how good he is in that position. Somebody who's going to be integral in in the future for England. So at some stage, of course, he's going to want to play at the levels where he can be 
Champions League and did it because that's what his talent deserves. But for now, being injured is the time he's been injured. To go back to Leeds, get Leeds back to where we saw them when they first came in, into this league and get them pushing because that's another club, Ryan. When they're doing well and they're pushing, it's it's unbelievable. And so, you know, to lose someone like him, you know, with that hamstring since December. Oh, you know, that, that was a nasty one. That was, was like to be out for that long of a hamstring. four and a half months. And, is, and the thing is, that's severe. I try to explain to people how tough it is living. I, I've had injuries which lasted like maximum six weeks, maybe two months. But when you've got an injury like that, it's, mm. people don't understand it's every single day every single minute of the day you're thinking about it everybody who speaks to you speak about all they're speaking about it you're desperate to get back they're trying to hold you back to make sure that you don't break down and stuff like we've seen mm. unfortunately with Patrick Bamford because your team's under pressure and you're needed you want to get back team wants you back fans are constantly saying to you you're back I cannot even try to get into the headspace of what that the pressure that guy's under mm. so to see him back I just pray to God that, you know what I mean, they, they manage it so it's not a breakdown situation like Patrick. I was devastated for Patrick. I just hope mm. that doesn't happen with Calvin because he is needed. And I just, I just want him to, to get back really, really strong. I, I agree, man. I think the thing that's really interesting about these, these, both Chloe and Calvin is that their clubs have missed them so, so much. Jesus, Chloe. So much oh, this year. God. Like Chloe is such an integral part of that Man City setup, and this has been—I mean, obviously, Man City had a, one of the worst injury crises I think I've ever yeah, seen in, yeah. at the beginning of the season. Yeah. However, they—they they did have a very, very stacked squad as well. To miss her though, she's to miss her. Like, and the thing is as well, she'd played what three times for England last season, mm. uh, last year before getting that, before getting that injury that just kept her out for mm. ages. And I think for her coming back now. With the Euros on the horizon. Right. I don't think she should be aiming for that. She's out for, what, 335 days? She was days. out for basically a year. Right. So she was out for essentially 11 months. And, and you can imagine, right, if I'm a player, if anyone's a player, you're, you're having an injury, you have to have the target the goal. The long-term thing. Right? Yeah. Like, do you remember like Van Dyke pulling out of the Euros? Yes. yes. Prime example. Like, right. I, think, I think he came back a little bit later than she did, though, mm, I think. But the thing with her is, is that to target it and then you're, you come back close, I'm hoping... That she's not pushing uh, herself that, too much. No, 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 no. See, this is what I think. I think for her, I don't think she should have eyes on it. I think, mm. I think for England and for her, it's really interesting because I think if she doesn't make that squad, for example, having just seen how Serena seems to, Serena Wiegmann seems to con just communicate, mm. I think it's going to be done in a way where she's going to be like, this is 100% the right decision and I understand. But also a lot of that would depend on fitness and form throughout the remainder of the season there aren't there isn't a huge amount of time left no anyway and like you say I think it's all the intensity come, of it, yeah. the back of such a massive injury yes you have to be careful I feel that you know coming back like you have everything what you've been through we don't know Chloe with exactly what you've been through how strong you are right now you know but at the same time if there's a time in the summer where you can say right I'm not going to do anything and let let my knee, let everything just, just fucking relax and have a nice holiday and come back and just, just blast from there. You know what I mean? Now, right. I'm saying all this, knowing that if it was me, I would You'd want, want to go. absolutely yeah. want to go. But like, I, it's not me. I'm a 58 year old man now sitting back watching 
an unbelievable. Yeah, sorry, right, you're not going to the Euros. I'm not. I, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. Reti- I've not retired from England. I'm not officially retired from the because <laughs> I didn't come out and retire from the national side. So you can fucking laugh. So if if Gareth, wanted, I- <laughs> yes, my ankle's fused, but I'm not officially retired. I'm not actually retired from professional football. So even if somebody said. Do you want to play? It was something I'd have to think about. Wow, and Arsenal need goals, man. You know what I mean? He, but, it could be the most but, sensational but return saying, to football club yeah. the world has ever seen. But what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying with Chloe is sitting here as a, as, as, a, as a former player knowing what the future, how important the future is and what you're doing going forward. Because like, if I knew what I know now, Chloe, and I'm talking to Chloe like she's here, is... I wouldn't have taken the amount of injections I've taken. I'd have taken more rest instead of them. So as yeah. then I could have prolonged it rather than like blast for the fucking, for the glory, which I blast for the glory. Yes, I've got the glory, but now I'm sitting here fucking, you know, my fucking, when I get up from here, I'm going to fucking limp for fucking 20, 20 yards. I mean, yeah. I do it. I'm 20 years younger than you. So. <laughs> but I just uh, hope, that, I, think I, hope I, th- that, I hope that decision's made with her knowing that it's made for, with her best interests at heart because she's too good. So I saw a thing saying that she was targeting a Euro spot. Yeah, but Ryan, is it because it's such a big thing, it kind of pushes you through uh, the, re- the rehab, it kind of gives well, you the energy? Players are very smart and players have access to a far higher quality of medical care than they were even when you were playing just because of the advances of medical focus in, in the game. and They wouldn't let her target that if they no, didn't no, no. think it was realistic. It just comes down to now if Serena thinks, I'm going to bring her in because I do think there's a space for her. By targeting, it's not like Chloe Kelly is waking up every morning and going to bed every night being like, I've got to be ready for the Euros. Mm. I've got to be ready for mm. the Euros. Like She's, a, she's a, an experienced professional who has been through a lot. She missed out on the Olympics last mm, year because yeah. of the injury. You know, the, the medical department of Man City is really good. And she will have had access to the best rehab and mm. they wouldn't have brought her back if she wasn't absolutely ready. It's just about her, them and her managing her minutes to the point that is, well, so it's reasonable for her comeback. And then also Serena will know. And even, for example, if she does go to the Euros, I don't think she's going to be playing. I don't think she's going to be starting every, no, every game no, no, from no. the jump. No. So actually for her, this is also another thing. Like if there is space in the squad for someone like her who can play a, a role in games, but the workload isn't super yeah. intense on yeah. her. She's also a huge asset to have. I think she, she you know, it's, it's, we have to point out that she's an absolutely unbelievable yeah. footballer. And, but also from a psychological point of view, yeah. if you've missed out on the Olympics and you've had such a huge injury mm-hmm. and you can play a role in that squad. You're going to try and do it right. You have to. Like just, just being mm-hmm. part of the, the, the experience as well. I think even yeah. knowing that you might not feature every single game, I think could be really, gives you really a, good. Gives you a her. massive boost. Yeah. And, and, the thing and I is, think that's something that, I think yeah. that's something that Serena would be switched on to, to as well. Because we're talking about a player that when she does finally get herself back and got her feet back under the table, she's going to be a major ass. Can you imagine mm. Chloe Kelly one side and Lauren Hemp on the other side? You know what I mean? I mean that is, so many that's fucking, that's, that's good. I just, I just, for her sake, just hope that it, it can be a situation where she, it's not rushed because of how big the Euros are and they're here. That's not something that anybody wouldn't be targeting. I just hope that if she is involved, that it's not, it's not like taking a chance on it. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed that she, she can be, but if she's not, it's still going to be beneficial to her in the long run. So 
Definitely. You know, I think it's just it's just so great to see them both back, yeah. both Calvin Phillips and Chloe Kelly, yeah. because they are they have been so missed, so so missed. I mean, and and also from just talking about Calvin quickly, mm. I think I think this is a player that Jesse Marsh is going to absolutely love, mm. love, and I'm really excited to see how a Jesse Marsh side looks with a fit Calvin Phillips yeah. in it. Yeah, absolutely. For flowers, flowers for both of them. Big bunch of flowers for both of them. Well done, both. All right, man. Shall I bounce? I'll leave you to it. Yeah, bounce more, bounce. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> so I'll see you soon, bro. Yeah, man. See you soon. Thanks for having me. You're the best, man. You're the best. I love you, man. Love you too, man. Take Stay well. Okay. Thank you very much to my dear, dear friend, Ryan Hunt. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, I hope you have a good week. Take it easy, whatever you're doing. Hopefully, our teams win next week. Why, why am I going there? It's, just, it's football. You win some you lose some. And you know what? This weekend, I can't even say I've lost. It was a win-win for me, but it was a win-win, loss-loss, win-loss-loss. See you later, everybody. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.